You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. my mind to fear and my heart to dread knowing once again I've gotten in too deep and the waters will soon be above my head and I beg of you to change the world around me so tomorrow change my circumstances but thank you Lord for changing me instead there are times I can't help feeling lost like a ship drifting on the open sea and the winds and waves leave me pitched and tossed and a storm begins to build inside of me and I beg of you to change the world around me as fear and faith are fighting for control amid the raging waters swirling all around me you become the anchor for my soul and when I hear the thunder and I think I'm going under I remember you're the lifter of my circumstances but thank you Lord thank you Lord for changing me instead all right keep your Bibles out book of Proverbs Proverbs is a book where we have principles it is the proverb, they are pithy sayings, they are statements that can stand alone. Sometimes you will have several verses that are connected, but most often it's a verse or two that are uh, just a principle uh, that you can glean wisdom from. There are different characters in the book of Proverbs. We have the simple one, 
the simple one is the term simple is the term unpleated or unfolded. It's like a piece of paper that does not have all of the complications, doesn't have all of the impressions of the world in it. You take a piece of paper and you crumple it up, it will never be simple again. The more complicated life is, the more sin we get engaged in and involved in, it complicates our life. So you have the simple one, then you have the fool. The simple one is the one that does not know. The fool is the one that does not want to know. They have the opportunity to grow, to receive instruction, but they don't. That's the ones that come to church and laugh all the way through. That's the ones that listen and just think everything's a joke. Let me tell you, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. But then it goes from the simple to the fool. And then there's another one called the scorner. And the scorner is the one that now becomes a voice to fight against wisdom. Then we have the wise man. You know, we're going to be one of those four characters. And I wish we could just say that we'll be wise, but the problem is there are many circumstances in life and we may be wise in one area and a scorner in a different area. We might be simple in one area and a fool in another area. And so here, as we look at the book of Proverbs, there are so many things that will address so many issues of life, and it is the book of wisdom. You go to Proverbs 1, and wisdom is speaking. Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom is personified, I don't know why, as a woman. But wisdom is personified as a woman, and she is speaking. And she calls out to the sons of men. She wants them to hear. She wants to transfer truth that will change your life. And so here we look at uh, Proverbs chapter 14 in our text, verse number 4. Uh, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Franklin made a statement. He said, uh, that's a very obscure passage tonight. Uh, and so let's look at it again. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. And here there are many principles that we could look at tonight. There is a stewardship principle that is here, uh, but there are some other principles that I want to address tonight. In Bible days and in many undeveloped countries, animals are still used for transportation. They are still used as burdens, uh, beast, uh, burdens of, uh, beasts of burdens. There we go. Uh, and they are utilized to carry supplies and merchandise. I was just talking to the captain of the, uh, uh, the jail, and he was telling me that uh, he used to go uh, backpacking in when he would go for a hunt 
10 miles in, he raised llamas to carry all of his gear, and then he would pack a hike 10 miles in to go deer hunting. And there's only one problem with that. The llamas are only there to carry the stuff, not the person. And so uh, it's got to be a horse, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, uh, a burden bearer, and that was what these animals uh, were. They would be used to clear ground. They would be used to remove stumps and rocks and logs and make that ground uh, usable for, uh, for planting uh, and for agriculture. Plowing fields and pulling the plow, other implements to be able to, uh, to uh, raise crops. But with that whole process and the ox in this passage, we find that there's a trade-off. You know, there is a liability to every asset. Every strength has a weakness. Every asset has a liability. And if you want to get things done, you need an ox. If you want to get a lot done, you need quite a few ox. But there's a problem. Oxes make messes. Ox make messes. Tonight I want to preach to you on the subject, when the crib is clean. When the crib is clean. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for uh, the Word of God, the principles you have given to us. Thank you for the insight that we can glean. And I pray that all of us tonight will just sort of stop and muse in our own mind and may you be glorified by uh, our responses to your truth. And so I pray that you'd bless now for Christ's sake. Amen. Take your Bibles, hold it there in Proverbs, but go to 1 Kings chapter number 19. 1 Kings chapter number 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, we've been in this passage recently, but as we are here in this passage, we find an event that takes place in verse number 19 is what we're going to look at, 1 Kings 19, 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th, and Elijah passed by and cast his mantle upon him. Elisha is going to become the servant of Elijah, the prophet. Uh, Elisha is now uh, just in a transition point from going from uh, one that is, uh, that is uh, plowing and, and uh, working, and he has got 12 yoke of oxen, so he has 24 oxen, and this is a lot of work. He is going to be getting a lot done. He is a producer. And then we find that Elijah comes by and he throws his mantle on Elisha. And there was the call of God on Elisha's life. And now he is stepping in to be the servant of Elijah. He will then go from being the servant of Elijah to being the prophet that God is going to use in the nation of Israel. 
But as I said, to every uh, asset, there is a corresponding liability. To these 24 oxen, there were many cribs for them, stalls, if you would. And those stalls had things in them. Those stalls had deposits that were made by those oxen. And those, those were not probably all that clean. When I was a boy, we moved out to the country, and uh, right across from our house, there was a 40-acre ranch that was abandoned. And there was a barn, a silo, and there was a broken-down house, maybe uh, built in the late 1800s, early 1900s, but it was just a disaster. It was overgrown. Uh, there was had been abandoned. Uh, we would go over to the property. We would climb into the silo and catch pigeons, and uh, pretty pretty fun. We'd have a lot of fun trying to catch those. But uh, finally, somebody bought that piece of property. And it was a family that owned a quarter horse ranch and they sold the ranch and they bought this dilapidated, run down, abandoned farm. 40 acres. And over the years, I worked for this farmer. This farmer, his last name was Buck. And that's all he paid was a buck. And I worked for him, I was probably fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, and I worked for him for four or five years. I never got a raise. He stuck with buck. It was one buck, one buck an hour. And so I would, I would work for him. And one of the first jobs before he built his new barns and redesigned everything was to muck out some stalls. Now, do you know what it means to muck out a stall? Have you, how many of you have ever mucked out a stall? Now, with a stall, with the animals you're putting in there, horses, it could be sawdust, but it used to always be straw, and they would throw straw down, and the animal would be in there, and they would uh, stomp around, and they would go to the bathroom, and they'd stomp around and go to the bathroom, and pretty soon that stall needed to be cleaned. But the people that owned this property before, they didn't clean. They just threw some more straw down. And those animals would go back in there and they'd stomp and stomp and stomp and do what they do. Do, do. And, and with that, they would just add some more straw. When I finally, when, I, when he hired me to go in, no joke, it was two and a half to three foot thick. Let me tell you, that was a lot of work. That pitchfork and me, we became fast friends. And the job did not get done fast. It was a lot of work, but to be able to clean out those stalls. But the reality was he was going to put animals right back in. 
But what I found out was it's a lot easier to keep it clean than to clean up after it's been dirty. And I would go in after school and I'd work summers and I'd work after school and I'd go in and man, it'd just take a few moments to muck, muck out all the stalls. But if you let it go, it was, it was days to get a stall done previously. You know, here when we look at this in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. When the crib is clean. Did we pray yet? Yes, we prayed? We think? I'm going to pray again, okay? Father, I pray that you'd bless now. Use this truth to help us, strengthen us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Yes, we did pray. One way to make sure that a, a crib or a stall is clean is not to have any ox. But without the ox, you don't get anything done. That asset, that liability, it's a continual process. Miss Sarah comes through and somebody, one of the kids puts their hands on the, the glass and she is not happy about kids putting hands on glass. Uh, or adults, and I've, I've watched the adults. The bar is right here, and you put your hand right here, in the middle of the glass. And Miss Sarah says, why do they do that? I look at her, and I always say the same thing. Job security. Job security. Asset, we have people. Liability, we got to clean up messes. If you, there's only one way to make sure that you don't have any manure to clean up, and that's to not have any animals. No animal, no mess. Only barns that have no animals are barns that are clean. You know the churches that are clean are churches with no people. You know, every one of us, we've got things to work on in our life. Every one of us. And churches are hospitals. Churches are a place for sick people to come and to heal. But you know what? The process isn't that we're healed and now we're there to tell everybody else that they need to be healed. We won't be healed of our sin nature until we get to heaven. This is a process that we all have to work on. And so uh, if we don't want to have a mess, uh, then don't have any ox. Uh, to have a church that is going to have no problems is to be a church with no people. And there are a lot of churches like that today. Churches with 
no people. And that's not a good church either. Because the church is people, and it's the assembly of those individuals. The crib or the stall is only clean if there are no animals using that stall. So ways to keep the crib clean is, number one, not to have any animals, don't have an ox. Number two, don't plan to accomplish anything. If we have no goals, no aspirations to accomplish something, then we don't need anybody to help. If we can do it all by ourselves, we still got ourselves to deal with, but we don't have to have that ox. If you don't plan on accomplishing anything, you will not need the ox. When we think about Elisha, Elisha did not have 24 ox just so he could plow a field. One would have done, one would do. He wasn't just trying to get a little bit done, he was trying to get a lot done. And if you don't have the ox, you don't have to worry about cleaning up a stall. Uh, if you don't have a plan, you don't have an ox, then you don't need a stall. And then there's no place to clean. You see this asset liability thing? It just keeps on growing. Churches are like this principle. The church is the assembly of believers and people are sinners and sin, uh, sinners sin and sin is messy. And sometimes it has to be cleaned up. The churches that are clean are empty churches. Take your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. Verse number 1. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. You know what? Uh, the Lord is the one that frees the bound prisoners of sin. He's the one that does that. And he's the one that heals the brokenhearted. And people deal with the hurts of life. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6. Look with me at verse number 9. The Bible says here, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. But ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 
You know, just because you got saved did not remove the status of sinner from you. Now, that, that is not a license to do wrong, but it is an understanding that we are all sinners. Because we are saved, we are not expected to be sinless, sinless, but we are expected to sin less. And the Lord told us that we are to be holy. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. We are to be holy. But here in Proverbs, when he said, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of the ox. And tonight, I want to admonish all of us to clean the crib. Even when there is the big muck out has already been done, there is daily cleansing that needs to take place. There is, there is a necessity to not allow things to stay in our life that need to be removed. It's a daily process. And when we keep the crib clean daily, what we find is that it does not get out of control. If there are people in the church, there is sin in the church. And all of us are responsible to keep our crib clean. We are all responsible to recognize the sin that is in our life. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. What was it? He was dying to himself. He said, for the good that I would, I do not, and the good that I would, or the, the evil that I would not, that I do. He said, I find then a law in me that when I would do good, evil is present with me. You know, there is a battle that goes on in every one of our lives. If we do not recognize our sinful nature, we are going to allow sin to build up. We are going to allow things to build up in our life that is going to create uh, a lot of problems in our lives. You know, there are no models of perfection with skin on them today. There's only one model. There's only one measure. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is the one that we're to compare ourselves to. Ephesians 4.13, the Bible says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He is the one that we have to measure up to, and we always fall short. We all fall short. Sometimes the stalls get unintentionally neglected. But sometimes it's intentional. 
At some point, if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God is going to convict you of sin. And if we do not listen to the Holy Spirit of God, we will find ourselves in a stall that needs to be mucked out, that has got more filth in it than should ever be the case. It takes work and diligence to get things back in order. 1 John 1, 9. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much unrighteousness? Oh, boy, it's quiet tonight. But the reality is, we have to keep the stall clean. We've got to keep the accounts short. He said if we confess our sins, that's not saying, yep, Lord, blew it again, sorry. <laughs> we'll see how I do tomorrow. That's not confession of sin. That is not repentance. The word confess here is the word homologeo. It's to say the same as. It is to say the same thing about our sin that God says about our sin. It is to view our sin like God views our sin. God is a holy God. And he expects and demands that we be holy. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Sin separates. And as a church, we've got to make sure that we are keeping that sin account low. We've got to come to a place where we are sensitive, seeking God to show us where we fail, to reveal to us when we sin, to help us. Girls, there's laughing all through the service. No more. If you'd like to leave, you may leave. But this is going to stop. Sin is not a joke. The Bible says fools make a mock at sin. And it's not anything to disregard. It's nothing to mock. So, here tonight as we look at this, couple observations. Number one, don't look at somebody else's stall. Don't look at somebody else's stall. Don't become casual with the small sins that you have. We might get to a place where we think, oh, that's, this is no big, big deal. Little sins lead to big sins. The little foxes spoil the vines. And it is the little things that will compound. 
Brother Howes used to say, nobody ever becomes a casualty without first becoming casual. No exceptions. Deal with sin in your life. Deal with it. No exceptions. Keep the crib clean. Keep it clean. No exceptions. Realize you have a responsibility to the Lord and to his church to be holy. We are members of the body. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So when the crib is clean, no animals, nothing to clean up. But when there's daily care to clean up and deal with sins immediately, then things can stay manageable. So here, just this process, where there are no oxen, the crib is clean. But when there is oxen, there's going to be some things to clean up. And when there, is, there are people, there's going to be sins to deal with. There's going to be things to clean up. And you and I, first, before we can help somebody else, we've got to make sure our crib is clean. Before we can help get the splinter out of somebody else's eye, we've got to get the moat, the beam that is in our own eye. If there's a beam in our eye, we can't see clearly to help somebody else. So when the crib is clean. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for just this truth. I pray that you'd help us to be mindful, Lord, of where we are at in our life. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would help Bible Baptist Church to be clean. I pray that you'd help us to be holy. But Lord, that takes each and every individual to be able to have that as a reality. And we can't do that on our own. We need your help. And so I pray that you'd help us, Holy Spirit, right now, help all of us to draw a circle around ourselves. And Lord, I pray that if there's something that is unconfessed in our life, if there is open sin in our life, I pray that you would help us to deal with that and get that right. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.